0: If Batman took place in Springfield, Illinois, what would his rogues gallery look like? Um, Tabitha, I want to start with you this week.
1: So I like to think Batman and I are very similar humans. Um, So it'd be one of two things. The people who keep driving their cars into buildings, just a list of all of them, (laughs) and or... This one homeless guy who ran into my car not once, but twice at different intersections.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Um, I, I think the well, I mean, if you're going to go with like supervillain names, like one of them is definitely the governor Ooh, would definitely be a, a, a uh, dirty politician that he has to fight as far like- as the rest of them. I don't know. That was about the best one I can come up with. So yeah. Uh, I had not going to lie.
0: I, I came up with a lot. Um, and and a dirty politician was one of mine, but I could never settle on a name. But for mine, okay, so like I went like campy 60s TV series Batman like you do. And I feel like he'd have a villain called the Pink Elephant. Mm. Yep. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Does that Pink Elephant have the martini or no martini?
0: Martini. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: How do you get the job as the olive?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That would be really cool. Yeah, just have like, you know, like like a Bond girl-esque yeah. type character just dressed up yeah. as an olive. Yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe. Your name is Olive. Oh, there we go.
1: Right. How do I get the job as <laughs> olive? <laughs> Circling back.
0: <laughs> uh, y- your cast. Just. First, thank you. Yeah, You just, you have to wear olive green, like, Ooh. every day for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> but I get to sit in a martini all day <laughs> with a straw. Sign me up.
2: <laughs> You're
0: listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
1: Tabitha, Lydia,
2: and Ticket.
0: So we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, and the first thing that we're going to talk about is on brand, uh, because The Batman is released today. So if you are going to see The Batman at an AMC theater uh, opening weekend, you're going to pay a little bit more than you would if you were to see any other movie at the same theater at the same time. So... The move comes after successfully raising weekend prices above midweek levels at some AMC theaters. And according to Adam Aaron, who is CEO of AMC, uh, premium pricing for some movies is common for European AMC theaters. Uh, he went on to say that in Europe, uh, we charge a premium for the best seats in the house, as do just about uh, all sellers of tickets and other industries like sports or concerts. Um, he also said that there is considerable upside opportunity ahead if we continue to be imaginative in terms of pricing, which I don't like that imaginative. In, no, 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 That's not a,
2: that's not a good adjective uh-uh. <laughs> in regards to yeah. pricing movies yeah.
0: like I can understand paying more during the weekend for a movie than yeah. during the week. I get that. I understand that. But if you're going to make me pay, even if it's a dollar more, to see a movie on opening weekend, that's like Yeah. I think especially post endgame, I think that there are very few movies where like I have to see day of, you know, like that's gonna make me be like, okay, fine, I'll wait a few days.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Like if I'm gonna walk in the door and you're gonna charge me fifteen dollars to see Batman. Or you're going to charge me $13 to see something else. I'm cheap. I'm going to see something else. Like, I will wait and I will come back and see Batman when it's $13 instead of $15. Yeah.
0: And plus, like, oh, yeah, like, other places that sell tickets do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that's that. That's a little bit different. You know, if you're going to a concert, you're, you're going to want to get a good spot. And, yeah, I, I understand paying more for that. I'm not doing that for a movie theater. And and I'm really scared that he's getting to we're getting to a point where yeah like if you pay for like you're gonna have to pay more for the same movie depending on where you sit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I've been g- waiting on that for a really long time though, especially since like the new theaters, like mm. with the like the lounge chairs and the and whatever the comfies. Like I've been waiting for a really long time for the to find a way to charge you more for those seats and put the quote-unquote cheap sheets seats in the back like get people just used to those comfy seats and then be like actually we've renovated our theater the back half is now stadium seating and the front half is the comfy chairs if you want the comfy chairs you're gonna have to pay a butt ton of money
0: but movie theaters flip that the bad seats would be up front
1: well yeah so either either way but like yeah yeah you're right i've just i've been waiting for years for that to come around. And this feels like price gouging.
2: Yeah. yeah, 100%.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So.
0: AMC is the real villain in the Batman.
1: Ooh. Mm. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So let's open up the pull list. And we have three very different books to talk about this week. Yes. <laughs> um the first one is Tiny Fox and Great Boar. Ow.
1: <laughs> are, are you okay? Yes.
2: He's attacked by the microphone. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 yeah.
0: It's a thing, guys. <laughs> so, Tiny Fox and Great Boar is out March 9th from Oni Press by Berenica uh, Colomica. Uh, so Tiny Fox has his favorite tree until Great Boar comes along, making it their favorite tree, uh, leading to a story about making friends and taking chances. Um, Tabitha, what'd you think?
1: This was super cute. Like, So I, I'm going to be real with you. There was a moment <laughs> where I thought this was going to take a turn. And <laughs> I got this ripped-
2: morning during breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I did. I thought there was like a like a turn coming in this story. Like for some reason, I thought this was one of those books that's like off really happy children's book at the very beginning. And then it was like sudden blood and gore. And I was like real upset. So like when they're getting ready to cross the street and you see just the empty road. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get hit by a car. I guess it says more for my frame of mind than the book. But I got real paranoid. Yeah. But no, this was super cute. It ended a little abruptly. And I want to know what their lives look like now. Like, am I going to get a fox and board? To, the journey continues like yeah. that's what I want but this was cute I liked it I like the art it was really simple but also like the story was good for it being as simple and with this little dialogue as there was
0: yeah I, I agree like the story was just super cute I loved the art uh, and you know like it was nice to teach, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, the the big lesson in here is, you know, like, making friends, you know, whatever, whatever. But, like, the first story, it's all about, you know, like, how you got to learn to share and you got to, you know, you got to share this, you know, space that we
2: call the freaking planet Earth, you <laughs> know? It was it was nice. It was
0: very nice. Matt, what'd you think?
2: No, I really enjoyed this. I think the art was fantastic. It was, there were... I don't, I don't know. The shades of color that were used were great, but it was also very simplistic art at the same time. <clears throat> um, the stories were great. This is another one of those um, that we get a chance to read, and I just want to turn around and like give to my boys and let them read because I think they would really enjoy this and like, like the characters as well. So,
0: next up is *Engine Ward: The Complete Series*. It's out now from Vault, written by George Mann with art by Joe uh, Joe Eisema. So, in a future where Earth is an ancient myth, godlike celestials rule supreme. But *Engine War*, *Engine Ward* Joss uh, reactivates the head of an ancient golem and finds out all is not as intended. If this book sounds familiar, we've reviewed quite a few issues of it. Um, Matt, I know that you loved this book. What did you think?
2: Um, I really, really enjoyed the early issues that we got to read of this. Um, I, I love the mix of like, like the world that's going on. Like the high, it's like high tech but low tech at the same time. Um, like the int- like the the fact of the engine wards being somebody who has the skill to take this old technology and repurpose it and fix it. Um, and Joss does that with Creek, um, the robot that is her companion, um, throughout this whole thing. Overall, I really enjoyed this. Um, I think there's, it, it takes the path of a, almost a classic hero's journey. Um, an epic fantasy hero's journey. Um, and that is, it's great. It's a, like You know where things are going. You know where the story essentially is going to end. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's done in a new and interesting way. Um, I think the only two things that I really didn't like about it are the celestials that rule are based off of the um,
1: astrological. Signals. Thank you. Yeah. Astrological
2: <laughs> signs. Um, and some of them have very different speech bubbles which fits the character and then there's some of them which have very generic speech bubbles and I just wish that that had been consistent like if they all had different speech bubbles cool and not just some of them um but to that point like some of those characters and I know that they're not they're kind of background but there's a couple of them that get fleshed out very well and then there's a few that are just almost throw-ins um just like for plot points uh, and um my only other thing that i didn't really like is that because it is that hero's journey epic fantasy theme um i felt like this actually could have been stretched out to more than 12 issues it could have been a full series um you could have gotten some of those side quests, if you will, which would have been able to build the tension, I think, between the town and the Celestials a little bit better. Um, strengthen that, like, animosity that's going on there. Um, I mean, they do a pretty good job with that, but I feel like if they had stretched it out more than 12 issues, that could have been stronger. But Tabitha, what are your thoughts?
1: So when we started reading this originally, I think I read the first like two pages and I was like, apocalypse, I'm done. Um, And I don't think I read anything else. And so when we got the full thing, I was like, you know what, maybe if I can read it all in one go, I'll like it a little bit better. And to be fair, I do. Um, Once I got a little bit more, I think it took me the first like three issues to like actually care. But now I'm like weirdly attached to Creek.
2: Yep. Creek is my yeah. favorite. I always, like,
1: that's what always happens to me. Like I just, <laughs> I always get attached to the droid. Like, I don't know what happened. Um, I blame, With C- it. I, mean, I blame C3PO. Um, I always get attached to the droid. So now I'm attached to Creek and now I'm worried that he's going to get blown apart or taken apart for parts. And I'm not going to be able to do that. So I maybe I may be, I mean, just have to be done right now, but I'm, a little under halfway through, and I think I figured it out. We'll <laughs> talk after the show, but I think I have it figured out, and I don't like that.
2: There is a plot twist that shows up a little more than halfway through, which I essentially I, I didn't see coming, which adds some depth to okay. what's going on.
1: Yeah. Either I'll keep reading it, or Matt and I will discuss, and I'll decide if I want to keep going. But <laughs> I. I like the art more than I thought I did when I read that like half of that first issue because it's it's very simple, but it's also it's giving me uh, Firefly vibes yep. in like a way, and Joss reminds me of like what would happen if Kaylee and uh, Skywalker, Luke, nope, Ray, no, oh. had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. thank you for going on that journey with me um, but it reminds me if those two characters had a baby that would be Joss in my mm. head so I'm enjoying it but I'm cautiously optimistic
0: so the last book we're going to talk about is Loaded Bible Blood of My Blood <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah quick aside your your <laughs> shame bell is falling apart shame bell
1: 2.0 my shame bell is floppy <laughs> <laughs> Anyway,
0: so uh, Loaded Bible is out now from Image, uh, written by Steve Orlando and Tim Seeley with art by Giuseppe uh, Cafaro. So in this post-apocalyptic future, uh, the Catholic Church is now run by the Red Pope, uh, a.k.a. Dracula. The only person who can save them is the clone of Jesus.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, this was this was an interesting read. Um, I don't know if I'm going to hell for reading this or not. Um, I feel like we are in
1: hell reading this. (laughs) I think you misspoke.
0: Um, I feel like we've seen plenty of stories where the church is the bad guy, but I did kind of like the vampire take, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, plus this Jesus is kind of a badass (laughs) and like, I, I, can I say that about him?
1: yeah yeah okay yeah.
0: okay that's fair um like so when we first see him fighting the vatican so- soldiers he's like that's my dad you're talking about like that was like one of those like i don't know like 90 like cheesy 90s movies lines i was like okay i like i i, I kind of get that vibe and also i mean let's be honest any scene where you're showing Jesus turn water into wine, like, yeah. I'm here for. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this was... This was not anything that I would have picked up on my own if, you know, if we weren't given this. But uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that I did. Uh, Tabitha, you disagree with me.
1: Um, yes. <laughs> but also, no. So... If this was a standalone fantasy novel, two, three hundred pages by like a satire type author, this would be my jam. And I would love this because those like quirky satirical retellings of the Bible are some of my favorite things (laughs) in the entire world had they not thrown in the dracula thing despite the fact that i call jesus a zombie because he is one um (laughs) had they not thrown that in i would have read this like an 80s action movie set in like future like I i don't even know like i would have read this differently and then they like spun that dracula thing on me and i like I couldn't stop rolling my eyes, so I couldn't focus on what I was trying to read. So, like, I would read a panel, and I would roll my eyes, and I would read a panel, and I, like, my eyes were tired by the time I was done. Like, I was literally exhausted. And I don't know how many times I just said, what the F, like, out loud while I was reading this over breakfast this morning. I was like, what? What? Like, I don't really know what to do with this because I liked some of the things and some of the things made me chuckle and then some of the other things just made me so unhappy. <laughs> but rolling Vatican Cities just that was that was That sweet. was
0: awesome. That was like a
1: mad max <laughs> yep. does the Catholic religion. Like <laughs> i just that was great. So I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted and I'm torn, but I'm also bothered. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's that's basically you in a nutshell, Yeah, that's right?
1: true. Yeah. About pretty much everything.
2: <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts? This was quite a ride. Um, this was just all over the place. Um, as you were mentioning your favorite parts, like where he turns water into wine. I was thinking about this part, and I had to go find it. Um, it's right after they get into, what do they call it, the reliquary, and they're walking down the street, and one of the people that he rescued that Jesus rescued, they're looking around and go, Lord Jesus. And he goes, he goes, just Jesus. We're all equal here. And I just <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I kind of lost it at that point. I was like, oh, that's just something. I don't know. Well, I I I have always loved the whole Dracula myth. Um so throwing that in as the leader of the Catholic Church is bizarre. I, I just I it? <laughs> I don't know There's so much going on here And I know that it's like a limited series of six issues So I almost just want to say Stick it out for all six And see how this whole thing plays out Because the clone of Jesus
1: the crucifixion joke
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. oh. <laughs> Just hung yourself Shame on that one myself
1: I'm going to keep track of these or Lydia's going to yell at me (laughs) alright
0: guys let's go ahead and move to trailer takedown Uh, we have two movies to talk about tonight Uh, we have Guardians of Justice versus Bullet Train Uh,
2: Matt these were both your submissions so we're going to start with you yeah I feel like I should apologize for both of these quite honestly (laughs) after watching them again Um, I mean Bullet Train is okay, but this Guardians of Justice is just something else. Um, It's got a mix of live action and animation, Um, and claymation. There was some claymation. Was there there some claymation? It was hard to tell. Um, One of the guys that's behind this, um, Eddie Shankar, has had some success, like with Castlevania for Netflix, but. This is just a weird mix. Um, I'll just read the little blurb for this because I don't really know how else to explain it. The alien superhero Marvelous Man has kept the Earth at peace for 40 years. When a devastating secret and its tragic consequences throw our world into chaos, it's up to Marvelous Man's bitter, violent Lieutenant Nighthawk, an idealistic do-gooder, The Speed, to stop nuclear war. An art house satire of the superhero genre Guardians of Justice mixes live-action with traditional animation, claymation, cut out paper animation, and 8-bit video game footage in a kaleidoscope of pop art insanity. Um, and I know that reading that, yes, it's supposed to be a satire. But this just looks like somebody threw this together in their basement. And you had, I don't know, put up white sheets in your basement and filmed the live-action sequences that way. I, it And the trailer? Doesn't really explain much of anything of what's going on. Um, Bullet Train, Brad Pitt trying to be funny. Izzy, I don't know. We were talking about that before. <laughs> um, but despite that, this looks like one of those like action kind of popcorn movies that's just gonna be a wild ride, no pun intended, for the Bullet Train. Um, so I'm gonna give. I'm going to give one point to Guardians of Justice just for the fact they're trying to mix all those animation styles and nine for Bullet Train because that just, like I said, looks like it's going to be over-the-top kind of fun.
0: Um, the reason why you're giving Guardians of Justice one point is the reason why I was like completely turned off by it. <laughs> I don't care which way they went about it, whether it was li- live-action regular animation claymation eight bit whatever if they had stuck with one i think i would have appreciated a lot lot more um i i do kind of disagree with you a little bit i do think that the trailer you know does a fair job of kind of explaining what this movie is about but it doesn't the thing that doesn't explain is why it keeps going back and forth between all these different styles i guess i was just distracted
2: by all the different styles and the switching
0: yeah that's fair um Really, the only thing that I truly enjoyed about this uh, trailer was the one scene where, like, the three Ku Klux Klan members get shot. I <laughs> thought that was kind of fun. Uh, Bullet Train was actually fun. I enjoyed this trailer. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It just, it, it looked fun, you know? It, exactly. Like, dumb popcorn flip, flick. Um,. Yeah, I mean, I really, I have nothing else to add to it. So I'm giving Bullet Train seven points. The only reason why I'm giving Guardians of Justice three, it gets one point per <laughs> dead clansman. So, uh, Tabitha.
1: I miss the Klansman because I was so distracted trying to figure out why I was w- not watching the real trailer. Because I, I think I asked you four or five <laughs> times if I was like, are you sure this is the right thing?
2: You watched it once and then we watched it again. Yeah, and
1: you- I'm like, this doesn't, because it doesn't really end. It just kind of stops. Like, there's no, like, coming to Netflix. It was just like, do, 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 the scenes, scenes, scenes that don't make any sense. Big monster, da, changing stuff. The sound was weird. It sounded cheap and confusing. And I got to the end twice. And I, like, I still kept, like, tilting my head like a confused puppy. Um... Bullet? Train? I don't know, guys. I just don't believe that Brad Pitt can on purpose be funny. Sometimes I think Brad Pitt is accidentally funny, but I don't know that he's like cut out for a role with a quirky, funny like Ryan Reynolds type guy, which is what the vibe from this gave me. Like it felt like they wrote this movie for Ryan Reynolds and then Ryan Reynolds was like, oh, actually, no thanks. And then Brad Pitt was like, I'm very bored. Can I please have something to do? And Hollywood was like, you know what, Brad Pitt? Yeah, we got you. But then I realized that Aaron Johnson's in this movie, which significantly helps any film.
0: Wait, was he the one like
1: with the stash and the? And the yeah, that's okay. Aaron Johnson. Okay, like
0: that whole scene, I was like, I know that guy from somewhere, but I like I couldn't place him, so I just kind of I gave up.
2: Was yep. the long hair and the mustache? I didn't get it.
1: Oh yeah, no, Aaron Johnson, Chef's Kiss. Um, <laughs> that so, was last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give. All of my points to Aaron Johnson, and none of my points to whatever that other thing was I watched twice and didn't understand, because I don't like not understanding things. It makes me feel stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, with a score of 26 to 4, Bullet Train wins this week's trailer takedown. (laughs) And now we're going to get into some gut reaction.
1: Gut reaction.
0: And we're going to start tonight with Matt... Uh, we have a
2: Bendergate update. We do. So, Bendergate is officially over. Um, John DiMaggio announced via Twitter that he has settled his pay dispute with 20th Century Studios and will be returning to voice Bender in the Hulu revival. Um, he thanked all the fans, his colleagues, and particularly his wife for all of their support during the back and forth with this happened. And then he basically came out and said that negotiations are a natural part of working in show business. So it wasn't anything against 20th Century Studios. It wasn't anything against the rest of the crew, the cast, any of those things. It was just business, which when it all comes down to it, he is the most absolutely the most recognizable part of that show as far as characters and voice go. So it's only fair that he should be able to negotiate those types of things. Um, I don't know that there was any information on what the pay is. That's, you know, that's up to them, whatever. Um, I do think this solidifies the fact that this is going to be, again, for the fourth time or whatever, worth watching. Um, But uh, I'm going to say thumbs up for the whole thing being over and having the full cast back.
0: Yeah. Thumbs up uh, for for Bender getting his voice back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know that I'm 100 percent on board for the show itself, but that's a different story. Tabitha.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't know that we need this, but I am glad that they have the original voice back because it just wouldn't have been the same. So thumbs up. Uh,
0: Tabitha, are we getting a Dolly Parton biopic?
1: (laughs) If Dolly has her way, we are. So Dolly is planning to work on a movie about her life. Um, She says that she thinks that she she feels that it's important to be completely honest when telling her life story and only she can tell it honestly. So she wants to do it now. So she has control, which Mm -hmm. thumbs up to Dolly. So (laughs) she originally wanted to do a Broadway play about her life, but then the pandemic caused her to change her plans. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to. Do some Dolly quotes because she says it better than anybody. Um, I'm thinking now that I might do my life as a feature, maybe possibly even a musical feature. So we're in talks about that. And then when asked about casting, she said, I have to have at least three Dollies. I have to have a little Dolly. I would have to have a medium Dolly. And now that I've lived long enough to be old, I'm going to have to play myself as my old self. (laughs) 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 Um, When they were in negotiations and thinking about doing the Broadway production for her for her medium dolly, she had uh, made the request of Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. Because she's got the pipes, she's Mm -hmm. got the blonde hair, she's got the boobs, she could dolly it. So that's all we've got so far, but I'm giving it a thumbs up because if it's a movie, if it's a musical, if it's a Broadway play, I'm going to watch it because I love Dolly Parton.
2: (laughs) Matt. So I don't know a whole lot of Dolly Parton songs, but I think the fact that she is taking this upon herself to do this, so that it's told essentially the right way, um, is is a great idea. Um, thumbs up, and also for her, um, I don't know what the term is like glib way of just being willing to play her old self in this mo- in this feature. I think is a great thumbs up. Yeah,
0: total thumbs up, and like when you were first talking about, it, I would have been fine with just like a straight movie, but now that you put the idea of a Dolly Parton musical about her life in my head now. Yes, it has to be a musical. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just absolutely 1000% percent thumbs up. Speaking of biopics last week, we saw the first image of Daniel Radcliffe as weird Al. Uh, this week we see Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna, though we don't know exactly how big of a role she's going to play. Uh, Kind of a, a side note that I didn't realize until I was reading about this. So, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, is co-written by Weird Al himself, and as well as Eric Apple, who is directing. So, uh, super thumbs up to this uh, for both of those little pieces of information. Like, I didn't realize that Al co-wrote this, and so I'm like, I'm here for it. But um, I don't know if you guys saw the picture of Evan Rachel Wood mm-hmm. as Madonna, but like, she looks exactly like Madonna. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just, I want this. I just, I I, I want to hug it so tightly. <laughs> Tabitha.
1: I, I was very against this last week and you've changed my mind. I've turned a corner and there stood Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> Matt.
2: <laughs> um, I had no idea that Madonna played any role in the rise to fame, I guess, if you will, of Weird Al. So, I'm intrigued on how she plays into the story, quite literally. Um, But from the picture, yeah, I think this is a great pick. So, thumbs up. So, the story goes, was that
0: actually, um, and again, I didn't know this until I read about it today, but the story goes, was that uh, Weird Al's Like a Surgeon Mm -hmm. is one one of, if not the only Weird Al song that he didn't come up with himself that he did as somebody else's idea. Oh, and that somebody else's idea was Madonna. Oh.
2: So it was her own idea to parody her song. Yeah,
0: And I don't think huh. she talked to him directly. I think it from what I understand, like it was kind of like a game of telephone and it finally got back to him and like, yeah. Okay. But again, how does that, how does she play into the movie? but I don't know. Hmm. Either way, I'm here for it. Yep.
2: Um, Matt, we have a return of a former Ninja Turtle. We do. Um, so beginning with issue number 127, the current writer Sophie Campbell and illustrator Pablo Tunica are going to bring back the very first female Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Um, Venus de Milo, actually debuted 24 years ago in a live action series called Ninja Turtles, the next mutation, um, which I don't actually remember that being a thing, but now I kind of want to go find it. Um, The story in that series goes that she was one of the, one of five turtles that were exposed to the mutagen, but was mistakenly left by left behind by Splinter. Um, And then she meets up with the turtles again later. Um, Campbell has tried to make Venus come back, a couple of times and for a while. Um, But she's now found with IDW's backing um, the right time and place to bring the character back into the series. Um, And it's going to happen just in time for their big Armageddon game event. So um, like I said, I don't remember this character from that series, but if they are on board with how she was able to like pull this character in, I'm here for it. Thumbs up. Uh, the next mutation was
0: one of those. Like, it came out at right around the time when I was getting a little too old for shows like that. Um, so, like, I didn't. I only watched like a handful of episodes of it. But that said, I always felt that Venus kind of got a bad got a bad rap out of it. Um, but yeah, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Uh, you do you, girl. Um, I don't know that you want to go out, go back and watch, watch that. this, It's <laughs> it's a trip, man. It is a trip. <coughs> Tabitha
1: so they call her Men- Venus de Milo my first thought was does she have arms <laughs> she does <laughs> okay <laughs> okay she does well I didn't know if there was like a thing in there I wasn't getting Um, <laughs> uh, this is one of those things that makes me feel like a bad female Um, <laughs> I'm sideways I'm not gonna get on my soapbox it's a big step for me today and my shoes are too tight <laughs>
0: Is it because Splinter left her?
1: Uh, g- yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Just like a rat of a man to leave the woman behind. <laughs>
0: and you found your way on your soapbox anyway.
1: <laughs> I mean, you pushed it at me like you, like my soapbox was over there, and you kind of like kicked it under the table at me. Like here you go.
2: <laughs> you forget something, right? <laughs>
0: So, Batman and Superman are getting fighting robots in a new six-issue mini called DC Mech. Uh, the story takes place in an alternate Earth where Apocalypse attacks around World War II. Uh, thumbs down. I didn't care about this when Marvel did this last year the year before whatever, and I do not care about it now. The only thing that I uh, mildly makes me interested is the fact that it takes place kind of during World War II, mm-hmm. but nah, brah. Tabitha.
1: Yeah, this feels like a Batman Superman period piece and I would like to see it via film versus via comic because that sounds fun. Like give it like a Pearl Harbor vibe. Um,
0: Would it have a song by Faith Hill?
1: You bet your (laughs) bippy. It does now. Um, Oh man, I'm fan casting this and everything. Okay. Thumbs down. I don't care.
2: (laughs) Matt. Yeah, I, I... Knew that Marvel did something like this with the mechs previously. Didn't care then. Don't care now. It just it it, it just it, it's trite. I just don't see the the point of it. Mm-hmm. Um. So thumbs down.
0: Tabitha, let's go to the Lin Manuel Miranda news desk.
1: Let's. So, Bob, whatever his name is from Disney, the CEO. tiger Nope. Starts with the C. Something. Chapic. Something. Mm. I don't know. He, My first
0: thought was Odin Kirk. <laughs> and I was like, that's definitely not him. No. No. Wrong Bob. <laughs>
1: um has anyway, the CEO of Disney, one of one of many, the one named Bob One um, of the Bobs. Has referred to Encanto as a franchise. When asked about the possibility of it being a franchise, Lynn jumped straight to an attraction. He said, well, I took my kids to Disneyland for the first time pre-pandemic a few years ago, and we sat through the Little Mermaid thing five times in a row. That's where my brain goes. It's like, I want to go in and out of this casita and those characters and see the house respond, because that's something Disney can do that no one else can do. But yeah, in terms of the world of the characters, it's really early days on that. I don't know what it will be. And then he went on to point out that there could also be a second movie, a TV series, or a stage adaptation. After watching this, I kind of want all three of those things and the attraction at Disneyland because I want to take my shoes off <laughs> and have casita put them back on when I'm running out the door so I don't forget them on my way to work. Like I want I want to see this live and in action and I was already like thinking about all the rides that you could have based on the movie, but they've been working on like the Moana land at Disney for five ever and it hasn't come up. So I don't have high expectations for anything in the near future, but the idea of it, I'm going to give a thumbs up.
2: Matt, I would give a thumbs up to an attraction at Disney and a like a play or musical adaptation because I think those would translate well. Um, after watching this just this past weekend, I feel like this is one of those stories where it is a complete, cohesive story all by itself. And I feel like you are watering down the characters and the heart of that story if you make it a series or do a sequel. Um, So I think I'm going to go thumb sideways because, like I said, an attraction, a musical adaptation, I'm here for. Sequels, spinoffs, I'm going to say no.
0: I feel like if I've seen the movie, I would be on board for a, uh attraction. I'm not saying thumbs down. I'm giving it a thumbs sideways only because really the only thing I know about this movie is that uh, you don't yep. talk about Bruno. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Matt, let's do talk about The Walking Dead.
2: It just keeps coming back. Um So Skybound Entertainment and Genvid Entertainment um, are doing a part video game, part interactive TV game. Um, It's called The Walking Dead, The Last Mile. Genvid Entertainment um, refers to what this is as a massively interactive live event, hence Mile. I'm sorry, they've just
1: been walking for so long. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And they're still dead. Uh, um, This is going to be exclusive through Facebook Gaming and Facebook Watch. Aiming for a summer release, um, Robert Kirkman said, We're thrilled to unveil this new Mile experience that will take place in the Walking Dead universe. Um, Audience members can stream a living, breathing, ironic, world of the Walking Dead, working collectively and individually to impact the story at every turn. Um... I think it's kind of fun that you might be able, like, be able to interact and change the course of the story as, like, you and other people are watching this, playing this. Um, but we're we're past the Walking Dead being pertinent, um, and like, why would you choose Facebook as the platform for this? That just seems bizarre. Um, I'm gonna go thumbs down.
0: I would have given it a thumb sideways until you mentioned Facebook.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I would have given it a thumb
0: sideways, thumb sideways until you mentioned Facebook. Uh, mostly because, like, yeah, it's not for me, but um, it's for somebody. So, you know, I'm happy for them. But Facebook gaming, Facebook watch, like, no. Yep. No. No. Tabitha. No.
1: No. <laughs> I just, just I don't understand why this is still happening. Thumbs
2: down. It's <laughs> unlike Consuelo. No. No. <laughs>
0: so a comedic half hour live action adaptation of the video game Twisted Metal is coming to Peacock. There were so many
2: words there.
0: <laughs> Anthony Mackie will star and executive produce. Um I know very, 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 very little about Twisted Metal, mostly just from, like, a handful of commercials that I've seen and, like, video game stills, you know, whatever. Um, But what I've seen, like, I don't think that I want this, like, at all. Um, Even with Anthony Mackie, still thumbs down, Tabitha.
1: I don't know anything about this to make a judgment call, even with Anthony Mackie. So I guess I'm going to go thumbs sideways.
2: Matt. So I actually have played a few of the twisted metal games. Um, it's one of the, it's some of those games that I didn't ever realize actually had a plot. <laughs> like you just play the game. You like you have Mad Max style cars and an ice cream truck um, that you drive around and you blow up the other vehicles um i the only saving grace of this might be the fact that anthony mackey has a hand in it but the all of the words that you said as far as the description of how this show is going to be like is described and peacock like maybe if you're going to go like and I, and i know that we judge things like if it's on lifetime or whatever that was it freeform yes whatever that is like Or the CW versus, excuse me, versus Hulu. Like, we judge things based on where they're going to be placed. And I would have a little bit more confidence in this if you were even to say something like HBO Max or Hulu. But Peacock feels like putting things on CW or Freeform. Like, especially for something that is, by definition, a violent video game. Doesn't feel like it fits on that platform. So I'm going to go thumbs down.
0: Tabitha, let's go to Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion reunion.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I didn't know this had happened. And then I saw the post on Instagram from one of them, and I think I literally squealed. Yep. So, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Um, And at the SAG Awards, they surprised fans with the little mini reunion. Uh, They wore pink and blue power suits like they did in the end of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. And they even did like a little interpretive dance to Time After Time for <laughs> the Instagram. It was wonderful. Um, Mira Sorvino actually came out with post-it notes, which she didn't invent, obviously, uh, if you've seen the movie. <laughs> um, she did dish on a possible Romeo and Michelle sequel, saying, for me, that's always been a wish. People have a hunger for it, and we would love to do it. And this is one of those things where I want it, but I don't want it. Like, I want a Romeo and Michelle's 20-year high school reunion. But at the same time, it feels too late for it. And also, I feel like it would take some of the charm away from the first one. But again, I love the movie. I love those two characters together. So I'm, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I'm giving the event and the the... Reunion with the suits, a huge thumbs up, but I'm giving the possibility of a sequel a thumbs sideways.
2: Matt. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to follow suit. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the the reunion at the SAGs is fantastic. I love that. Um, the, uh, the idea of a reunion reunion movie, um, yeah, it could take away from like, what the original is and always will be, so thumb sideways to that part. Yep.
1: So I know. you've never seen it, yeah? You don't okay. to tell me. <laughs> 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 That's fair.
0: That's fair. Um,
1: However, I do request that you watch it one time because, and would you like to know why? I think you and I at a con for a cosplay would make oh a God. really good Romeo and Michelle.
2: Yes,
1: like you could gender bend one of the characters
2: yeah it's true it's so true yep
0: Rome and michelle yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes yes and we can even do the cindy lobber dance i feel like we could do it together we'd figure it out All right, well, so i need we'll you see. to watch it we'll so, so you can start learning the dance moves okay okay fine
0: Um, I'm giving the reunion a thumbs up I'm giving the uh, possibility of a sequel a thumbs sideways and I'm giving the possibility of this cosplay a I don't know
1: a thumbs up fine
0: (laughs) fine. I'll give it a thumbs up (laughs) Matt let's go to band camp
2: (sighs) did that once a long time ago Um... was there a flute involved (laughs)
1: Oh God, I was waiting on it.
2: Uh, um, so the internet platform Bandcamp, which I guess is still around, still a thing for streaming, discovering music online, um, has recently recently been bought by Epic Games. Yes. Epic Games, which is the same company that is behind Unreal, Gears of War and Fortnite. This is such a weird pairing. Um, Bandcamp at this point will essentially remain a standalone. The CEO of Epic Games basically said that they're just going to operate Bandcamp as they have before. Um, but now with the backing of Epic Games, they will work to expand internationally and push development forward. Just basically trying to grow Bandcamp from what it is into something bigger because there's a bigger company behind it to help. Um so originally it was like, this is a weird pairing, it doesn't make any sense. But if Epic Games sees something in this and has the ability to drive them forward, make this into something relevant again, cool. Go for it. Thumbs up in that regard. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Um, if they can do something with it, awesome. Thumbs up, Tabitha.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think I I, I remember Bandcamp, but I haven't thought of it in so long that like I mean <laughs> they can't do anything worse with it. So yeah, Exactly. Thumbs up.
0: So, Brandon Sanderson launched a Kickstarter yesterday. And the Kickstarter, it's for four secret novels that are going to be released in 2023. Uh, Backers will receive a book a quarter next year um, in either audiobook, um, ebook, or like a physical premium hardcover. Uh, There are also tiers to get swag as well. Uh, So, in its first day, the campaign received fifteen million dollars in pledges. Uh, and it's currently like in the twenty million dollar range I checked earlier today. It was at like nineteen something, so you know whatever. Um, so f- for the ebooks it's forty dollars, the audiobooks is sixty, and the premium hardcover is a hundred and sixty dollars plus forty dollars shipping. Oh. So for four books, you're paying two hundred bucks. <clears throat> Um I I don't know how I feel about this I mean you you go Brandon Sanderson making fifteen million dollars in one day. I'm super jealous can I borrow 20 bucks <laughs> um and honestly when I first saw this, I was like, that's kind of cool like a book a quarter you know whatever it's a, you know like a not a mystery book but it's a mystery book like it's a mystery date um <laughs> um
2: but uh, Who's behind door number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i i i don't want to pay fifty dollars for one book four times, and that's what I am going to be doing if I if I pledge this because i am I am not going to get an ebook. I am not going to get an audio book. Like I am going to read. I want to read. But yeah, so i I think for the price point alone, I gotta go thumb sideways, tap thumb
1: This is conflicting, (laughs) mostly because Brandon Sanderson's ability to write so many books (sighs) in such a short amount of time infuriates and impresses me at the same time. Um, I have only read one Brandon Sanderson book, and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I have a lot more on my shelves to read, so I don't necessarily need to pay $50 for mystery books plus $40 shipping. I don't, I don't, um, I don't know. Part of me wants to give him the money for the eBooks and then wait till they're eventually published because mm. they will be, and then I'll buy them for twenty bucks at the Barnes and Noble, like you know, whatever. So I'm conflicted. I'm gonna go thumb sideways. Good for Brandon Sanderson. Also, my God, man, take a nap, like <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: <clears throat> and yet. George R. R. Martin still can't get Wins of Winter out. Right? But you know right?
1: what? But but <laughs> in my heart this is one of the reasons I love Brandon Sanderson. Mm. Because when George R. R. Martin inevitably dies and they give it to Brandon Sanderson to finish, it will be done in like 37 minutes. Like they will be like, he's got hey, a draft it's, already done. Right. Like someone's <laughs> going to pick up the phone and be like, hey, Brandon, sad news. George is dead. We need you to. And Brandon's like, oh, actually, it's already in your email. Um, <laughs> I just sent it to you. Yep. Let me know if you have any edits. OK, thanks. Bye. Oh, sorry about George. Like that's what's going to happen. <laughs>
2: It's true. And
1: I need that moment to arise.
0: <laughs> uh, before we start fighting George R. R. Martin's death, man. <laughs> <that,
1: laughs> it would just be so
0: easy.
2: This whole thing is just mind blowing. One, that he, in spare time, wrote four more books that he's going to release over the course of the next year is just crazy to me. Um, But again, he teaches one class at BYU a semester and then he writes for a living. So I guess that helps. Um, In all honesty, like 50 bucks each for limited edition, special hardcovers isn't insane like you look at the 160 bucks you're like oh my god and 40 bucks for shipping it so 200 bucks divided by four you know 50 bucks a pop which seems like a lot but at the same time you're gonna pay 27 28 for a brand new hardcover at barnes and noble so special before everybody gets it limited edition hardcover 50 bucks it's not crazy
1: we've just witnessed matt talk himself into buying this <laughs>
2: He's also maybe
0: talked <laughs> me into buying it. He's also maybe talked me into buying it.
1: You heard it here first, kids.
0: <laughs> um, is this Kickstarter on Amazon?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: God, The idea of making the $15 million in 24 hours also blows my mind. Um, the, the other thing that I'm still trying to comprehend is that this man has publishing contracts with Tor, like the biggest sci-fi fantasy publisher in the universe and he decides to kickstart these four that he wrote on the side not as part of whatever other contract he has with them for however many other books that he's going to produce for Tor. like this is all a side project it's all a side gig and that's just like insane to me that you have that that deal with Tor and you're going to do this on the side and pull $15 million in 24 hours. Like his fan base is insane. Obviously. Um, it, the whole thing is just, I, I come back to it. It's just mind blowing that, you know, four books in a year, which granted it's obviously taken him a couple of years to write these and put them together. Um, but it's just, it's just crazy. Um,
1: Matt has starry eyes. He's like that emoji with the eyes that are stars. Like,
2: it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, to to have the freedom and the ability to have, to, to be able to put that together on top of whatever else you're doing.
1: Before you propose to Brandon Zanderson, where is your thumb? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because you already did that once this year, no. and I would be a little offended. <laughs> uh,
2: is it going to get me free copies of the books?
1: Uh, maybe go ahead. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go thumbs up for the whole thing,
0: Tabitha. You have our last story of the night, I and do. I don't, I don't even know how to introduce it. So just
1: potatoes.
2: <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew,
1: or wear them as perfume. <laughs> um, to celebrate the Idaho Potato Lovers Month. The Idaho Potato Commission <laughs> is now s- is now selling a perfume made from Idaho potatoes named Fritz by Idaho in a very fancy gold bottle, beautiful gold bottle.
2: Does it look like a potato?
1: Nope. It comes in a clear bottle and was formulated from essential oils and distilled Idaho potatoes, <laughs> in which in my head is just vodka.
2: <laughs> so you're going to buy it and drink it?
1: I mean, I might. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, The fragrance is described as embodying the irresistible essence of potatoes from the gem state. And it costs about the same size as a large order of fries. It is retailing for $1.89 for a 1.7 ounce bottle. Fragrance is available for purchase on the Idaho Potato Commission's website. So, if you want to smell like fries and you want a very cute little... Treats by Idaho bottle, which I kind of do for a dollar eighty nine, which is a steal. Visit the website for the Idaho Potato Commission. <laughs> also, how do you get a business card that says I work for the Idaho Potato Commission? Like, how do people take you seriously in life? I mean, Idaho
0: takes potatoes seriously. It's oh, so weird, man. But like, I can smell like fries for free.
1: <laughs> All I have
0: to do is work fry side at my restaurant. <laughs> I've done that plenty of times, and I've walked away being like,
1: hmm. I smell like potatoes.
0: (laughs) Just throw some kosher salt and pepper on me. (laughs) So, have they sold out yet? I don't know. I'm trying to
1: find out, but unfortunately, uh, your basement does not enjoy my phone or my signal. It's because we're in a basement. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, I don't know. Hold on.
0: I'm connected to Wi-Fi.
1: Hey, there you go. Go right ahead have to visit the Idaho potato commission website. I just really like saying Idaho potato commission.
0: <laughs> well, that is a nice bottle.
1: I told <laughs> you it's a beautiful bottle.
0: Oh, they're out of stock.
1: Dang it. That's sad. Yeah. We could have all smelled like potatoes together.
0: Hmm. Um so f- there there were four reviews. Um one said I need this in my life with every word capitalized. Um. Another one said, "Best potato smell ever." Another one said, "Love it the best." And finally, close your eyes, take a whiff. <laughs> potato farm, take me away. Incredible.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm sad, sad they're sold
0: out. I'm not surprised they're sold out. <laughs> I'm sad they're. Oh, sold- okay. I'm
1: not surprised. I'm, yeah. s- I'm upset.
0: you're just like a surly fry (laughs) 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 all right (laughs) it's time to crinkle cut this show
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: if if you keep shaking that it's just gonna end up mashed that's Tree
1: dipping you in fry oil and not a nice way <laughs> <laughs> <Ew. clears
0: throat> all right so that's going to do it for this episode of the geek awakens we'll be back next week but in the meantime check us out on social media uh let us know what cool stuff we're missing out on i kind of forgot my words there it's okay <laughs> um, any questions comments or concerns then uh, shoot us an email at the geek podcast at gmail.com from all of the, uh, from all of us at the Geek Awakens, I cannot wait until we finally record this outro. <laughs> so I don't have to do this every single time
2: <laughs> and get it wrong every single
0: time. Exactly. <laughs> and like when when we do this outro, we're splitting it up so you guys will see <laughs> just how tough it is to say sometimes. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time, everybody. Say potato.
2: Fry <laughs> <laughs>